Tonight on Talking Faith with Catholic Sis, we're talking about our Lenten journey in the desert. We could even meet Jesus there. Then we'll talk about some brand new saints, and can you believe they're a parenting team? So cool. And while we're on parents, we'll tell you the one time that you don't have to listen to your parents. All this and answers to questions from you. So stay right here and let's get talking. And you're on. Welcome to Talking Faith with Catholic Sis. I'm your host, Nella Nicholson, better known as Catholic Sis. And I'd also like to welcome my host, Kent, tonight, my co-host. How are you doing, Kent? <laughs> I'm doing great. Welcome. Sis. How are you doing today? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm very excited. I uh, I mean, just welcome to the Fiat family. And uh, we're, we're I, I know for a fact, uh, for a long period of time, we're looking to have, I mean, the youth and to bring some kind of a, a youth program onto Fiat. So welcome and thank you for saying yes to Fiat to be that person. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. I'm I'm so glad to be here. I am so proud to be part of the Fiat team. Right now it says on my Facebook I'm a host on Fiat Ministries. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So proud of so proud of my my new, you know, position. It's great. <laughs> Anything exciting going on over there today or No. Uh just a crazy uh week uh and uh just uh I'm I'm really excited about you know what you're gonna be talking about tonight. I I think you know Lent and and just to hear the the side of uh, you know someone in the youth and and I I think a lot of the adults <laughs> the older <laughs> will could learn from you know the youth and I, I think this will be great and uh, I'm just really excited to just to uh, do the show tonight with you lightens up that gives a youth perspective to things so what are we talking about tonight well we're going to talk a bit about lent and we're going to talk about some new saints that perhaps nobody's heard of if you read the news you might know where i'm going but if you haven't big surprise uh touch a bit on the year for consecrated life thanks to pope francis and the one time you don't have to obey your mom and dad what an awesome question i bet a couple people are thinking where are we going with that I bet Kent can probably agree, right, Kent? <laughs> yes, I definitely, yes. <laughs> Wait, where are we going? But before we do that, who am I? Well, I'm Catholic Sis. I go by Catholic Sis. That's the name of my website. I run uh, an online ministry that does outreach to teens, and I basically help them draw closer to Christ in whatever way I can through my website and my writing and my interpersonal reactions and relations with people and basically teaching that we can be Catholic all the time, not just once a week. I am a big, huge fan of my Twitter, which reminds me, if you have questions throughout the show, feel free to hit me up on Twitter, at CatholicSis, and use the hashtag AskCatholicSis. And me and Kent will be looking at that throughout the night if you oh. want to stop in and say hi. I know Kent will be on a bit more than I am. but <laughs> Yeah, I will be checking. Check in for your questions and your, just to see what you guys think of it so far. I know there was a bit of a bunch of hype going up for it, leading up to it. Everybody was super, super excited. So let's get into it. So a lot of people ask me what inspires me. And if you ask every person individually, they all have a different answer. Some people will say, well, you know, my pastor or my teachers or my parents. And for me, I would say all of those. 
but I also would say that the Bible inspires me. And there I could, there's like numerous verses that I could say are my inspiration, my, you know, life, life verse. But my favorite one right now is 2 Timothy 4.2. And when you go and look, so it's in the New Testament, everybody's there. It says, proclaim the word, be persistent, whether it is convenient or inconvenient. Convince, reprimand, encourage through all patience and teaching. And I really like this verse because it basically captures the essence of who I am and what I do. We teach Catholicism all the time. Even if people don't quite like it, if it makes us not very popular, or if it's just, you know, it seems like it might not be the right time. And I'm sure you can testify that, Ken, right? Sometimes it's hard to introduce the faith into an everyday situation, right? Oh, yes. Well, I mean, I, I know that introducing it to my kids, I mean, and, <laughs> but they love it. And I do, they do, they, they're really getting into it so it's great but yeah it can be sometimes how do you bring it you up? need an you need an opening right yes yes and you like you can't walk up to somebody and say well let me tell you in 2 timothy 4 2 it says that i'm supposed <laughs> to preach to you whether it's inconvenient so let me tell you <laughs> <laughs> right because then i might get a door slammed in my face and that's not quite the essence of what i'm going for so you have to you have to kind of you know fit it into different situations you know i bet sometimes it comes up in you know family gatherings when there's always the one person that wants to talk about faith or who wants to talk about faith in the news and the scandals surrounding it right right which always leads for an interesting conversation oh <laughs> yes yeah and, and and it is tough how do you manage to bring it up uh, i think uh andy's show uh andy McNutt, the tactical catholic last night was kind of bringing up how do you bring it up it's sometimes naturally you just bring it up in conversation uh like even like we're talking about lent this you know why are you eating fish you know yeah kind of, and then yeah so you could start it that way there's other ways but it i think it i think part of the part of the thing is yeah exactly like how Andrew was talking about last night making it making it relevant to what's what's going on so that's exactly a good opener you know we're gonna why are you eating fish well the rest of us are having steak well you know uh -huh. today is lent you know i've had that experience in some of my own you know classrooms or you know a workplace whatever well, how come you're not eating you know meat you know, well what's lent well here let me let me tell you i will uh -huh. <laughs> I'll, I'll explain about that and you have to have to wait for the opening you can't you know Catholics are people of joy, so you have to be joyful when you proclaim, not shove it down someone's throat. Uh -huh. Might not be very appreciated, but uh... <laughs> well, yeah, and, and and it is something tough to sometimes to bring it up, but I think uh, there's always there's something you can use as a conversation that could build into some kind of faith. Uh, conversation it's just how do you do it and do you you can't push it that's that's the how it's a one of those things that how do you um give yourself the um the the, the understanding and uh to uh say something to someone that will um 
take it the right way. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, we have a, I just saw it pop I, up in the so. chat room here. Yeah. One of our guests that says, how about if you bring it up by talking about nature? You know, for example, mm-hmm. well, isn't it a beautiful day? God sure is great. You know, it's enough that it gets the message, but not enough that you're forcing them because yes. then you drive them away. And the whole purpose of evangelization is to bring them to Christ, not bore them or insult them right. <laughs> and make them go away. Right. We shouldn't shouldn't be insulting people when we evangelize, right. which brings us into our first first part here about so this Bible verse this two Timothy four two talks about basically telling the truth all the time. Well, that's you know that's the gist I get out of it. So, do we really tell the truth all the time, or you know everybody you know everybody hears of like the white lies, right? Uh-huh. So. We had a question that came in over the last week that said, so I went out with my, you know, went out with my best friend and we went to the mall and we were looking at these new outfits and she said, hey, does this outfit look good on me? And now what do I do? Well, it doesn't look good on her, but if I tell her it doesn't, then she might get mad. (laughs) Right. But if I don't tell her, she might go and somebody else might inform her not so delicately that it doesn't look nice. And now she's in a rock and a hard place. So, Kent, what do you think about that? The telling the, telling the truth, even if it might not be the most comfortable thing to say. Oh, yeah, I... Let me... Let's bring it out. Sorry. Yeah, I, I'm trying to do everything. Um, but <laughs> it, is, it is probably one of those things that I get that, you know, a lot where how do you express that to people um, where it might not be um, you want to say the right things, but but how? <laughs> how do you say it? And and to be kind to them, that's the other yeah, thing. I mean, it's even kindness is it? <laughs> yeah, and and do we are we kind to people when even though something is probably not you know not the true yeah not you, they want to hear <laughs> well yeah and, and i think that's the thing you have so much that people because i know in a sense sometimes <laughs> i get offended and you know <laughs> then you take it the wrong way and and uh then you you know how do you uh talk come to, back from that <laughs> well, yeah and 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 i i think sometimes um we have to be careful with our words and even in the ways of expressing something that should be correct and something that is a truth, but they might take it the wrong way. And, and, and you got to be careful how you um, express yourself, I guess, with. Yeah, it's all about it's one of those. Yeah, you got to breach the topic delicately, right? Not just yeah. blow right into it. Right, right. I am. I'm actually. I'm loving the, loving the action we're getting in the chat room. Yeah. Thanks to to our one of our guests, which actually was leading me into actually what I was about to just say. Maybe I like the idea of diverting to something else that's positive. Or so uh, their example is. You know, maybe perhaps say oh, I I think you look better in pink, right? So. Mm-hmm. 
you try on a dress and you come out and show it to your friend and she thinks, well, that really doesn't look nice. You know, she might say, you know, well, you know, that that doesn't do anything for you. You know, Mm -hmm. I I don't think blue is your color. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe maybe instead of trying a dress, we should be trying maybe a skirt might suit you better. <laughs> right. right? Let's, right. you know, I'm, I know boyfriends get that all the time with their girlfriends, right? Does this make me look, you know, <laughs> overweight? I don't want to look bad. <laughs> yeah. And of course, then they're in the hard place, right? Well, I could either tell her, yeah, it looks great, dear. You look fantastic. Or, eh, mm. <laughs> puts them in a Puts them in a hard place. So they have to resort to the... Well, maybe then maybe we should try something else. Maybe that's not <laughs> not great, which kind of leads up even a bit into uh, which will be a be a later later episode about uh, modesty, right? You know, choosing yeah picking clothes that you come out of the change room in things that are modest to begin with that maybe your friend won't have to give such a it won't put them in a hard place having to explain well you know really i don't think that suits you and you know we should try something else and then it you know comes into comes uh-huh. into a bit of a messy factor there so yeah and and that's the thing i i'm really you know you, you guys and this is the great part about uh the sh- you know hopefully the show will express what you know the youth and the you know the future of the church has to go through every day yeah. life i mean it's i'm i'm scared to death of what my girls are gonna have to go through <laughs> through all this you know through what's gonna happen and, and who knows what's gonna be coming down uh, 20 years from now and oh yeah <laughs> uh, so it's amazing so wow guess Guess uh, forty three ninety three is uh, quite busy tonight, which yeah, is she, great. Yeah, it's great. That's chat fantastic. Room. It's a great chat room tonight. So what? What are they saying? I am I. Okay. Um, an example of this week: an old lady friend of mine had a uh, young. Oh wait a minute! What's going on? I can't. My computer. Oh, I brought it up on mine. You got it. All right. Yeah, I got it here. An example this week, an older lady friend of mine had a cataract operation. The young woman doctor had a hard time, and my friend suffered quite a bit. She told the young doctor, we both had a hard time today. You're new at this, but you have great talent. I pray that you will become the best cataract surgeon in this whole state. I love that. That's (laughs) That's exactly the... Okay, so really, in essence, I'm telling you, you were horrible (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) you were you were horrible but you do have some hidden talent and if we you know (laughs) if i pray for you your talent will improve and then you'll be the best in the Uh state rather than coming out and saying you're terrible and i'm never coming to you again and i'm going to put a bad review on you know beefs and bouquets and (laughs) your career is finished (laughs) (laughs) I I like that. That's yeah, great. That's great. It's good to have interaction. But actually, yeah. back back to what you said about the what's coming down the down the line. I'm actually I'm kind of I'm kind of scared of the future. Right? If I could just stop the clock, like okay, well it's it's kind of bad now, but I'm at least I know what's here. I can live here. Yeah. <laughs> then you fire up the news, and you're like, oh, okay. Well, we see where this is going. 
Yeah. This this is uncomfortable, which leads into we go and back to that talking about Catholicism in the in the world, and then we're. Mm-hmm. How how the, hard is it? I mean, f- what what is some of the stuff you know what for you know the youth? Is it difficult to talk to your friends? I mean, if I mean. Even even your peers, I guess, is the better question. Do you, is it easy to talk to your peers about your faith? I guess is. I mean, I I think it can I think it can be really difficult. It 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 de- all depends, right? It depends how open people are, right? You can have friends that okay, we're not we're not all Catholic, but we're on you know we're different branches of Christianity, right? So you already have something in common, right. you know. When you go from you know I'm I'm Catholic and you're you're nothing. You're just, you know, atheists, right? Atheists are, are neutral. It can sometimes be really hard. People don't always support it. People sometimes, you know, they have the warped mentality thanks to, you know, the news that likes to bring to light all the scandals of the church and none of its good points. And it can be difficult. People like to point out, you know, well, the church has so many rules and they're so limiting and, you know, you can't, there's so much stuff you can't do. Which leads into, you know, well, Catholics can't have any fun, although I beg to differ. <laughs> yeah, that's a great, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I think it's I think it's really really difficult sometimes. Yeah, I mean, just growing up, and I'm thinking of like uh, I was a youth uh, minister, yeah, youth minister for a year at a parish, and how do you, you know talking to that age group of you know seventh grade eighth grade um just how do you get them fired up because yeah that's a difficult thing to because they're so brainwashed and so many other things that how do you make it fun but you have to make it a, a learning aid and and how do you teach them as much as make it fun or make it at least enjoyable for them to say, Hey, you know, ask a friend, bring another friend to a uh, event. I, I think one thing about um, this time of, you know, the culture right now is just so the media and everything that's on TV and everything that you can, yeah. that you can get caught up in. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> exactly. Good, good luck trying to stay close to stay close to the faith in all of this. Yeah. Can can be can be difficult. Yeah. So. <clears throat> we got. Yeah, we got a bit bit more going on in the in yeah. the chat room. I like Stop. society's rules reflect God's rules. Yeah, they do. To, they uh-huh. do to an extent. You know, such as stop signs. Rules are there for a reason. You can make a game out of rules. It just takes creativity. Exactly. That's, yep. you know, as a youth minister, right, you know, I teach in my own, you know, to a lesser extent. I teach sometimes in my own classroom. And, yeah, I think it's about making making it relevant. But, again, you can't, you know, I was talking about that last night too, right? You can't um, change the teachings to make them, you know, politically correct or acceptably you know, received by, you know, mm-hmm. people under, you know, 25 years old yeah. because then you end up changing the teachings of the church, which is a, you know, absolute no, no. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You can't can't do that. But it's it's a I think it's a fine line to walk. Wouldn't you agree? Right to oh, yeah. you know keep them engaged, but not change change the teachings and and all that. I think it can be. Well, I mean, even this time of uh, the Lenin season to, you know, all the, you know, ways that we can use, because I know there's a couple retreats and things that are going on during uh, Lent, and, and it's a great time to really focus with especially the youth and the, you know, the future of the church to kind of get involved in number one going to confession and then you know, oh yeah all, i mean I, I think we we don't we make that as it's like going to the dentist you know oh you, yeah i mean it, going to the uh, box oh and, no and, and I, I think <laughs> you know thomas aquinas saint thomas aquinas and and just how i know a lot of the uh, uh saints and and just knowing just looking if you go through I, I know it's Facebook but you're every other day I see a image of uh, uh, Pope Francis kneeling oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and going to confession even mm-hmm. the Pope has to go and it, we make it so like difficult for ourselves sometimes I, I, I I'm speaking to myself I'm you know, employing, I don't like going to the dentist either. So, no, I I think it's I, I think it can definitely be yeah, like like dentist. I was at our youth retreat a few months ago, and you know the the speaker he had to work for a half an hour. Okay, everybody, let's go to confession. And the kids looked at him like, "Are you serious? There's mm-hmm. no way we're going within ten feet of that priest ever, ever, ever." Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's, you know, it's, you know, and, you know, canon law teaches, right, the we have to go to confession at least once during the Lenten Easter season. So it's a law (laughs) that Uh you have to go. Right. And it's like when you're when you're little, right, and you get that seat on the calendar. Oh, no, we're going to the dentist. I know I have to go. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, and and going back to um, especially – uh, and I was the youth and all that, and I didn't w- wish there was any rules. I went by my rules, and you know, <laughs> guess um, guess uh, forty three ninety three. You know, we need to teach them that rules are there to protect them and others. And I, I think that's great uh, statement there. Um, it's just we have to have rules, laws. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, we're just in chaos, and I, I think that's a you know it's difficult, especially when you're. I, I mean, just speaking to myself again, <laughs> everybody else, <laughs> but in that age of trying to find yourself and figure out, especially what is the truth. You know, I, I talk to that with my wife all the time. We always like are what is the truth we we believe it yeah. but we need to go you know research and i think how do we get um in the sense of how do we research ourselves by understanding the faith and that's the only way we can do it is to 
either ask questions, which is hopefully this is a great opportunity for everybody, uh, any age, to ask questions. Uh, you, yeah, I can you, see we have we, a few in there. Yeah, go a few ahead. right now. Yeah, go we've got ahead. three actually right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> go ahead. So, uh, do you want to go for a break and then come back and then we'll talk about some Lent and answer the questions? I I will do that. All right, everybody, stay right here. We will be back after this break. Any study of Catholicism must start with the Catechism of the Catholic Church. It's a beautifully crafted summary of the faith, pulling together thousands of references from throughout scripture and tradition. But what if the summary connected you to its sources and became a gateway into the faith? In the Verbum edition of the Catechism, the references come alive. Journey from the Catechism to Vatican II, the Church Fathers, and to the Scripture itself. Discover the foundations for doctrines like baptism or the Eucharist. And let it be your companion to the daily readings from Mass. Capture your insights with notes and highlights, and Verbum syncs them across your computers and mobile devices. Verbum is a dynamic library system. You can start with the basic catechism collection or choose a larger library with hundreds of books and amazing study tools. Allow the catechism to transform your study of the faith. Visit verbum.com catechism and get yours today. Before we uh, took our break, we have actually a few questions lined up in the chat room, which is great. Yes. Super excited. <laughs> <laughs> really exciting. So let's start at the top. Um, so we have uh, guest uh, 998 who's talking about how can we bring back boundaries and polite behavior? I think, I think that links down to something I see a bit farther down about um, – giving an example right in order to in order to, to have the kids learn boundaries and learn what polite behavior is they have to see that 
from the adults in their lives, from the authority figures in their lives, you know, teachers, um, you know, they get a relatively good job from their pastors if they go to church regularly, right? Mm -hmm. uh, what are what are your thoughts on that? How to bring back polite behavior and boundaries? Yeah, I mean, I think you hit it really well right there, and and I, you know, have to uh, <laughs> a four year old and a two year old teaching them boundaries and politeness <laughs> there uh, is difficult. And, uh, I, I mean, just, you know, in the sense of going a little bit older, uh, it, yeah, it's a touchy subject sometimes to, you know, because everybody, and I see it through with the youth ministry work, sometimes they, uh, as the I say the present and the youth or the future of the ch church are questioning it and yeah they, and and I think you I, I think they're being polite about it but you you the boundaries of expressing um, your faith and to understanding um, I go back with my kids and that's all I <laughs> really they go with but that's I look at them and how do they interact with each other and how do we um interact with my wife and myself with them uh do are we polite and how are we polite and how do we stay our, our boundaries of knowing that um Especially in church, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, and, and there's so many ways that with young and especially, I, I wish we would see more uh, the youth in church and, and, <laughs> the, and the, the youth to show up instead of well, two. <laughs> and 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 it's not they're just being themselves, and I think the boundaries are that how do you ask you know how do you ask your friends polite politely yeah how do you how do you get you know if you're <laughs> if you're me i've done it on numerous occasions hey you want to have a sleepover saturday that's great you have to go to church first <laughs> yeah there you go okay we're doing it saturday night well i'll go to saturday night mass you can come with me and yeah. then we'll mm. go from there or uh, you know, I've been known to, you know, hit up mass before going out for dinner, you know, <laughs> you know that's, that's just how it is. Right. Yeah. You know, it, which goes back to the, how do we, how do we, how do we breach it? Breach politely yeah. uh -huh. and make it an invitation, right? You know, it's uh -huh. not so much that, you know, I have to go to church. I'm supposed to be encouraging people to come, yep. right? Like my own, my own home parish right now we have, I believe it's next weekend. Um, our bishop's coming. He's coming to celebrate our youth mass with right. our contemporary music and all that, right? So huh? I've invited my friends. Some of them don't go to church. I'm like, hey, do you want to come? It's a kind of special occasion. The bishop's coming. It could be great. You know, uh -huh. it could be not so much the, you know, hey, do you want to come to a boring church? <laughs> right? And <laughs> yeah. sometimes you have, to, you have to make the distinction clear. You know, sometimes people are used to, if you're like, a, you know, a different branch of Christianity, right? You might be used to a completely different service. Right, you know, uh -huh. different, uh, you know, factions of Christianity, their services are completely different than Catholicism. So you have to kind of make it that you explain that, you know, 
if you're new to the faith, the mass is actually pretty interesting. There's yeah. a ton of stuff to watch. There's a ton of different people to look at, you know, even strictly from like a young child's point of view, right? Yeah. There's at least three different people. There's the priest who's going to talk. There's those, you know, usually those altar server people up there who are moving. You know, it, it's there's stuff to pay attention. It's interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think I think it, it's just the being an example. If you know, if mom and dad don't you know care about the faith, why should I? Right. Yeah, so that's a, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a great. Which I'm leading that right into our question from uh, John here <laughs> about uh, confession, and I'm I'm thinking in the same. You know, your your kids are still young, but. To an extent, when they get older, mom and dad don't go to confession. Why do I have to go? Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> right? Well, if, if they're not going, it's obviously not that important. So I don't need to go. Right. And uh, John's got a good question. Uh, please explain how when we go to confession, we receive sanctifying grace. And that's the, you know, there's basically there's the two purposes for confession, right? Your sin is forgiven. And you receive grace to, you know, start anew, right? You receive yeah. the sanctifying grace and it's restored. You know, grace is is God's life within us, right? So yeah. when you sin, it's now gone. You have to get it back somehow. And the way to get it back is to go to confession and get that sanctifying grace back. So really, when you think about confession, you know, sometimes there's that, well, what am I getting out of it? It seems like a really uncomfortable deal that I'm not getting anything out of. Well, actually, you're getting your sins forgiven and you're receiving God's life back into your soul, right? Uh-huh. If if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, yeah. <laughs> if, I, it, if it makes sense. <laughs> no, I, yeah, that, and I don't know what else to say that I mean that's a great point and and I think uh John uh asking that question um you know why do we you know why don't we want to go you know and and that's I I guess sometimes questioning myself I mean don't you want to be cleansed you know yeah. you want to be Don't you want you, to go it's like you've I got mean, you're you're sick, right? Don't you want to go to a doctor? Well, right. yeah, I do, but you know, for confession wise, is well, yeah, I do. I just, I just don't want him to see what's wrong with me. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh-huh. In essence, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm sick. Yeah, I want to go to the doctor. I, I just, I just don't want to tell him what's wrong. <laughs> right. I mean, that that sacrament is not is kind of we take it for granted, you know, in, in the sense that we have a way of a grace that we get from that and you feel so good after you go, you know, you, Oh yeah. And, and then you think, why didn't I want to do this before? Well, yeah. And, and I, I think the other thing is, um, how do we, um, teach this as a lesson to, um, any age to say, Hey, Especially Take like much confession, <laughs> right? And and here you go uh, on uh, on Joe Miller unplugged uh, just a couple minutes ago. Uh, we were talking about how um, uh, Pope Francis is making twenty four hours of reconciliation available. I for... saw that on the news this morning. Yeah, and 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 I I think it's a great 
thing to do. I, I think they need to do that more. I I remember, I think it was a couple uh, years ago that they were actually promoting it, believe it or not, on a local um, network channel. I mean, really? It, yeah, they were actually promoting in the uh, Cleveland Diocese up in uh, or <laughs> down here in <laughs> near, in Geneva, yeah, Ohio. Here. But <laughs> I mean, and and boy, how do you not want to promote that? And I, I think that's great that at least there's a little bit of leeway that you know the the local media is trying at some times to help us to learn that there are things that the church does and that's one thing that we need to all at least know about people yeah believe, so yeah i i i agree agree completely with that i think that's that's good i think it should be promoted more well and made to not be such a frightening production. <laughs> you know, when yes. you get, you know, you know, granted, you know, I can see when you get those priests that are really grumpy <laughs> yeah. or that tend to yell, <laughs> those kind, I can see that, you know, I'm kind of scared to go back again. But uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you've had any of those, those encounters. I, but... I've actually had the flip-flop of that. Um, his name is Monsignor, believe it or not, Monsignor Bible. And he's in, oh. <laughs> he, he's actually now, I think, in near Geneva, Ohio, but he was. Watch what you say now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, but he was, I would go over to uh, Erie, Pennsylvania, and I would always go to him. He would just, and the confessing of your sins, but then as he is a confessor like the way he uh you know when i do say any kind of sin the way he expresses how i need to fix that and the way that i can do different either uh prayers or just i i think that's uh the best thing about you might want to find that priest that has a way of expressing better than I can. Yeah. But, you know, I, I actually knew, I knew a priest like that who was, uh, he recently got uh, transferred from us, much to my dismay. But uh, <laughs> I, I exactly know uh, what you mean by that. And I think that that contributes, contributes to it. And I see a question popping up yep. from Al. Uh-huh. Hi, Al. Thanks for the question. <laughs> Hi, Al. Um, <laughs> Wave to Al, everybody. Hi, Al. <laughs> um, any advice on how to encourage young people to go to confession? Well, uh, like I said, I just got back from, you know, a month or so ago, the, this youth retreat. And the speaker linked it up kind of to, uh, you know, wanting to get rid of that guilt, or you know, because it, it weighs you down. And it's all, you know, you, there's... Once a youth goes, they feel fantastic, and they can't imagine why on earth we didn't go sooner. It's just getting them to that point. And I think sometimes, um, I know from my own experience, when I was uh, younger a few years ago, I was like, I don't want to go. And a good friend of mine basically just verbally kicked me in the rear and said, you, get there. (laughs) Okay. And if you don't, I'm going to text you every day. And he did. He texted every day for three days and said, did you go yet? No. 
How about now? No. Did you go now? Oh, I'm going if it'll make you be quiet. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, and it's, you know, bringing back that, you know, it's, it's not so scary. The priest won't, most times they don't remember what she said because they've heard it a hundred times before. There's nothing that you can say that's going to shock a priest, uh-huh. which I believe is one of the most, uh, the best things to do to encourage. Uh-huh. There's nothing, you know, you might think, I'm a great sinner. No, actually, that's already been thought of. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how about this one? No, we already know about that one, too. Oh, this one. Oh, I've got a really good one for you now. (laughs) 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 And, you know, they're, they're taking the place of Christ. It's not, you know, Father Joe sitting in there judging people. It's Father Joe taking the place of christ right uh-huh. you know yeah. that's that's what he's there for yep so i think that i think that helps helps you know youth to realize yeah that the priest isn't he's not out to get me uh-huh. no yeah. <laughs> he's he's there as christ's representative uh-huh. And like you said, Lent is a really great time to go to confession and i see i had a we had a question that was up a little earlier here <laughs> about um why we don't eat meat during lent and that's this is one of my that's one of my favorite questions i get it a few times every lent and that goes i was just talking about this in my class we give up meat during lent as a way of basically sacrificing and doing penance it's you know penance and atonement for our sins and to help us imitate christ's journey into the desert before his passion to help us prepare for the Easter Tritium and to practice self-denial. You know, self-denial is really important and giving up meat is one of those, one of those ways we can practice that. You know, I know uh, now it's not so common, but you know, Vatican II, pre-Vatican II, you didn't eat meat on Fridays all year long, right? right? Uh Not just Lent. It was okay. It's, you know, the middle of November, I'm not eating meat because it's Friday today. Mm -hmm. And now people have adapted it to, you know, well, we, you know, we don't eat meat during Lent and it can sometimes be hard, right? You know, I, I help cook in my family and I'm thinking, oh boy, we're having steak. Oh no, wait, no, we're not. It's Friday today. Um, Let me come up with something else instead. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That, that, that's not, that's not meat. You learn to do a lot with, you know, shrimp and fish. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) A lot of creativity there, but I, I hope that I hope that kind of answers answers your question there. And uh, what else do we got? Um, I see we have we have one more even about Easter. Have you ever met someone who doesn't know why we celebrate Easter? And if so, what did you say? I I sometimes have to explain Easter, and I basically explain Easter as when Christ Christ showed His love for us. Right? He died on Good Friday. And then he rose again on Easter just to show us that he loved us enough to keep his promise. That he promised, I'm going to die, but I'm going to come back to you. I'm going to resurrect from the dead, and I'm going to be here. And we know that because there was like oodles of references before that about the Messiah, and he will be killed and put to death, and he will rise again on the third day. Uh So that's what I try and, you know, I try and... You know, purge out the whole Easter is the time for lots of chocolate, <laughs> and then yeah. then put my my two cents worth 
worth spin spin in there. So yeah, and I, I know uh, Al in the chat room, and we've mentioned this uh, a couple times. I've talked about it too. Sometimes it's not. Um, uh, I, I think what we you know it's not what we give up sometimes is what we are not doing sometimes you know we need to do something instead of giving up something in Lent and and I, I know that's you know I, I kind of like that notion of throughout the whole entire year what have I not done better for my faith that life? I can do yes either you know service or any kind of works or um, just prayer, just to focus more. I mean, this is a folk. I mean, that's the thing about uh, Lent and Advent. I mean, it's focusing on Jesus Christ. I think that's the most important thing. Is these times of year, we, we forget after that. You know, the summertime. Uh, I mean, yay, yay it's, party, it's woo! <laughs> snow's gone. <laughs> yeah, there's no snow. Woo-hoo. But I mean, then, we yeah, don't. Everybody forgets on... about being Catholic, and then you know, Advent comes around, and miraculously, the churches are full. Yes. <laughs> I we'll I was at church the first week of Advent and our musician said, "Why are there so many people today?" <laughs> I said, "That would be because it's Advent and everybody comes. They come for Advent, they stay for Christmas, then leave. Yeah. <laughs> then they come back for Lent and they stay for Easter. They, you know, if we're lucky, we keep them till Pentecost, and then mm-hmm. they all go running off again and we see them at Christmas time when the snow is here. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, or twice twice a year Catholics, right? That's so, a whole different show, right there. <laughs> it, exactly. It could it could go off into so many directions. I looking at Al's Al's question, and I'm hoping I'm interpreting it right. Do young people argue with you and say? Hey, Catholic says, did you not know that, you know, Father So-and-so told me that this sin isn't really a sin anymore? I'm I'm guessing what you mean is, right, like, we thought it was a sin, but then the priest told me it, it, it wasn't. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, hoping I'm getting the right drift here. And if that is, if that is the case, yes. Yes, I have. I have had that happen a few times. You know, people come and say... Uh, I, I think this is a sin, and I say, well, yes, it is. It goes against the Ten Commandments, and if it goes against the Ten Commandments, it is a sin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they go to confession, and then they come back, and, well, you know, Ashley, the priest said that that isn't a sin. And I think it depends on how you interpret it, too. Sometimes they say that it's a venial sin, which is true, because there's, you know, the five, um, basically five prerequisites to committing a mortal sin, Right, you have to you know know what you're doing, know that it's wrong, do it anyway, you know that whole that whole process, right? So they say, well, I you it, you didn't give it sufficient thought, and you didn't know it was wrong. You know, it's basically that whole ignorance of the law thing. Mm-hmm. So it's a venial sin, which you have to be careful, right? You know, if you have a priest that says, uh, you know, stealing from your mother, and you knew better, and that wasn't well, that's not really a sin. Okay, well you you might want to find a different confessor. Um, uh-huh. But if they say, well, you know, you know, were you thinking about it and did you know it was wrong or were you just, you know, spur of the moment thing, you know, sometimes they might say, well, it's a venial sin. So I think it's important to, you know, pay attention and listen when they're talking uh-huh. and see if, if that's what, if that's what they're meaning. I, I hope I, hope I got Al's question to a, <laughs> a decent, gave him a decent answer. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I, I hope. I hope so. I'll hear about it later, know. if not. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so how are we doing? Do we have anything else? I, anything yeah. else? I see. I, oh, I we... see. I see one more. I guess 4317. Okay. Why is self-denial good? good. Self-denial is good because it helps us to, one, draw closer to Christ, right? When Christ was in the desert during Lent, you know, what is now Lent, which was a celebration of his 40 days in the desert, he practiced self-denial on steroids, right? You know, so I have no food. I'm in the middle of the desert. I'm alone. There's wild animals out here, you know. (laughs) There's a lot of self-denial going on. And one one big huge effect of self-denial is that it helps to basically shut off everything around you that's not linking you to god so that you basically have a straight path to god right so if your self-denial for lent was i'm giving up you know music i'm giving up you know you know secularized music okay now you have a lot of peace and quiet that you can talk to god pray more reflect meditate if your self-denial was like mine i'm not eating butter and mayonnaise for the entire season of lent which makes a very dry toast in the morning (laughs) (laughs) that's you know that's self-denial it's it's improving your temple like your body is a temple to christ the temple of the holy spirit so self-denial helps us draw closer to christ it helps us to become better people improve our you know our lives our spiritual lives our prayer lives i see al no margarine's not okay al that's still around the same <laughs> it's still to the effect otherwise that kind of defeats the whole lenten purpose there <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah so that's what are you did you what did you decide to do for lent kent I actually decided to do something, and I there was a um, a guy on a couple. Actually, he's going to be at a uh, parish near my in-laws, um, mm-hmm. and it's a forty-day kind of um, uh, doctor, uh, John Wood, and he has a website that goes through uh, just focusing on different uh aspects of your faith life and every day you have a a little thing that you need to do or and so i'm doing that instead of giving up something i i'm kind of wanting to focus on something more than giving up something this year i i I just that's yeah there's yeah the gas man's uh talking about or al Everybody will know, yeah, as, as the show goes Al's on. Al's got like three names. They all mean the same person. The same person in the chat room. So, Actually, I do remember seeing that one on YouTube. He interviewed Dr. John Wood. So, yep. What are you doing? I'll have to, have to go check that, check that out and, and see. I see it. He said that Pipe Padre interviewed Dr. John Wood. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And I see he's got got one more question for me. Al's just lighting up the board tonight. Thank you, Al. (laughs) Catholic sister, do you like praying the rosary? If so, how do you get get others excited about this form of prayer? Well, as bad as it sounds, I actually used to hate the rosary because it it seemed so long. (laughs) It it seemed, you know, when you're seven years old, a 20-minute prayer seems really, really, really long. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. 
it seems like it just goes on and on and on forever. And how many beads are left here? <laughs> it's it's really hard. But uh, a couple priests basically said, "Do it," <laughs> and you know it helps you helps you relate to the life of Christ, and it helps you become you know closer with uh, you know Mother Mary. So I like to get others excited about it by basically saying it's like a timeline of of Jesus's life, right? You know, I did a post a few months back that I'll have up on Twitter because it's actually related to Lent uh, a little bit later. And it basically took, I took each mystery of the rosary and basically linked, um, linked the mystery to an everyday situation, right? So... Mm -hmm. The visitation means we're bringing the good news of Christ to others. The agony in the garden means we're accepting the will of God. The Annunciation is Mary giving her fiat and her yes to whatever the will of God might be. Right? So I, mm -hmm. I try and, again, that's, that's part of my ministry, right? I make it, make it relevant, make it real. Let's talk about the rosary in terms of you in terms of your life and why you should care about it in essence, right? Mm. Why, why should I care about the rosary? Well, you should care about it because it helps you draw closer to Christ and closer to Mary. And there's, you know, all these great effects of the rosary. So yeah. we have one more question. <laughs> we are just busy tonight, aren't we? <laughs> your, your show notes. <laughs> out the window you did an awesome <laughs> job on those show notes but thanks everybody in the chat room that, that that's okay we're just picking up the show notes and moving them to next week so <laughs> that that's great we're just picking it right up and bringing it over so uh my friend and i are evangelical christians and we were in victoria for a weekend and we decided to find a church to attend while we were there we found a Catholic church nearby, but we realized that we have no idea what a Catholic service is like. We didn't end up going. Can you describe a typical service? Well, you know, sometimes uh, people say, yeah, we we were around and we just decide to pop in and they look around like, wow, well, what is going on here? <laughs> this is this is different. And for us. Uh, typical, we call them, our Catholic services are called masses. We call them a mass. And it's basically the same setup every week. We have our, we have our, you know, our opening, opening bit. And then we have a first reading, which always comes from the Old Testament. We have a responsorial, which comes from the book of Psalms. Then we have a second reading, which comes from one of the letters from the New Testament of the Bible. Then there's the gospel, which is from one of the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. And then the priest breaks open that for us in his homily and preaches about that. And then it goes into what we call, so all of that combined is called the liturgy, liturgy of the word. And then it goes into the liturgy of the Eucharist. And that's when, because as Catholics, we believe that during mass, the bread and wine we bring up to the altar actually becomes the body and blood of Christ. So, the liturgy of the Eucharist is the changing of the bread and wine into Christ. Christ is now physically present on the altar right in front of you. So we do our readings. We lead up to that. We talk about, you know, break, break open the scripture 
And then we go right into basically the meat of why we're there to be spiritually fed because as I also poetically puts it, we're hungry for more. We're hungry for God. We come back every week to receive Christ in the Eucharist so that it sustains us for the rest of the week. And then after that, we're, you know, we finish up with our last few prayers and then, then mass is finished. It's usually about an hour. And, you know, I know quite a few, you know, you know, evangelical Baptist Christians that come to mass anyway, and they find it beautiful. Right. I, I don't know if you've had that experience, Kent, bringing non, non-Catholics to mass. Yeah. I, I've done that a couple times and yeah, they, it's a give and take for me a couple of times. They <laughs> kind of were questioning a lot, but I, I think overall, if you um, take one of the challenges that the tactical Catholic gave a week ago on his show and take one focus. And even if you're not a Catholic to focus on, if you understand, you know, ask your friends that are Catholic and, um, and, and Catholics can do this. Focus on one part of the mass really well. Sometimes you kind of daydream, and I, I mm-hmm. and, and I think I did that last week after uh, the tactical <laughs> Catholic mentioned it. It's a great challenge, and and I, I think it, it, it's one thing that we can all, as Catholics or just Christians that are trying to, um, you know, maybe look at the Catholic Church and see what it's all about. And um, I think it was guess uh, 4317 mentioned uh, Dr. Scott Hahn's book, The Lamb's Supper. That will be definitely. Very good book. I've heard the, wonderful things, but I don't own it. I'm yeah, trying to get it's it. It's a great <laughs> book. Wonders. Yeah, that's a great book. If you really want to learn about the Mass, that's a book to definitely. And we'll put that in the show notes. Uh, so you could check it the out. The link to the, to yeah. the video. Where, oh my goodness, so uh, where has the hour gone? <laughs> we had, I'm sure Kent will echo the sentiment, we mm-hmm. had a great night. <laughs> yes, we did. What a we start. had, I, we got a ton of, ton of great questions, awesome questions. Um, so make sure you join us, <laughs> join <laughs> us next weekend. We'll be basically talking a bit more about Lent because we'll still be in Lent. And next week we're going to do some talking about the new saints. And we're also going to talk a bit about uh, how to stay out of the box, the confessional over spring break, which (laughs) should open up a can of worms for how we act on spring break. Cause I know I'm not sure down in the States, if spring break started here, it doesn't start till next week. Okay. So yeah, big, huge thank you to everybody who was watching. And as always, big, huge thank you to Kent. No problem. And... <laughs> you did an awesome job. Catholic says you did a great job. What a great start. I think it's, yeah, I, I think this is this is going to be great. I'm so glad that you were you were here tonight. I love your wisdom and your input on on things. I think I it's, try. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> great. Thank you to everybody in the chat room who was keeping us keeping us on our toes with all your great questions. Don't forget throughout the week, if you have new questions that you want to ask, you can always you can email them to me from my website under the About Us and Contact page. You can tweet them to me at Catholic Sis. You can find me on Facebook. 
Catholic sis, I'm there too. <laughs> uh-huh. And or tweet them to uh, even uh, Fiat Ministry using the hashtag at Cath- uh, Ask Catholic Sis, and we'll be checking that and we'll incorporate them into next week's show. So. Going back to the verse we had at the beginning, proclaim the word, be persistent, whether it is convenient or inconvenient. Don't forget 2 Timothy 4.2. Until the next time I see you, keep talking faith. And remember, Catholic isn't something we are just once a week. It's a way of life. God bless. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, help me to always stay close to you and do your will in every circumstance. Remind me that my beautiful Catholic faith is something to be treasured, not something to ever hide. Guide me to live out every day in your name, and every time I come in contact with someone, may I see your face in them, and remember that the least I do to one of these brothers or sisters, I do to you. In your most precious name I pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Kent. And we'll see you here, right back here next Thursday at 7 o'clock, uh, 7 o'clock Pacific, 10 o'clock Eastern. God bless and have a great week. Stay connected with Fiat Ministry Network. Like us on Facebook. Stay updated at Fiat Ministry Network. Follow us on Twitter at Fiat Ministry Net. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Fiat Ministry Network. Fiat Ministry Network, encouraging all to say yes to Jesus Christ.